You know, it's not a kid's Christmas program if there isn't somebody that cries or walks off the stage or tries to play the instruments or has a moment, a shining moment. (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm supposed to do a really short message today because, you know, we've had a lot of extra elements. The kids program. I would like everyone to please give a hand to Teresa Gilbo. She put this whole thing on. Very last minute, um, because apparently Pete and I don't have little kids anymore, and um, our kids are all older, and in my mind, I was like, what a gift to give the parents. They don't have to practice the songs. They don't have to dress up their kids. Huge faux pas. Um, Huge faux pas. So, Teresa was like, I will do this. I will make this happen. So, thank you, Teresa, for making it happen and making the videos for the kids to watch and all the things. Giving of your time, yourself. Okay, well, last week, Dan Butler so eloquently shared on Advent and that Jesus is coming. If you have not listened to his message, I implore you, go back and listen to it. It was so good. It was the perfect amount of conviction and hope. It was that perfect balance of Jesus is coming. He's, that's what the, these were his points. Jesus is coming. He came for you. He's coming for you as an individual. He also came for them. He came for the other. He came for the people that we don't think deserve him. And he said, please, he begged us, receive him. He's here. To receive him, though, we have to make room for him. So, you know, there's the song, Joy to the World, and it says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. And then it says, let every heart prepare him room. So we have to prepare room for Jesus in our lives. He's coming. He's coming. And when he comes, will we be ready? Will we be prepared? And we don't just do this one time when we pray the sinner's prayer and when we're really desperate and we cry out to him and we say, man, I can't do this anymore on my own. No, we have to prepare room for him in our hearts, in our lives every single day. Okay. Now, On Thanksgiving morning, we decided this year to have a few of our older kids' friends over. So we let them invite a couple friends. And, you know, I went grocery shopping, and I got bagels and orange juice and Nutella and fruit. And the morning of, the kids and I are cleaning up the house. We're setting out the food, you know, warming up the hot cider. And I was like, where's Pete? And I go around and I'm looking around the house. He's not in the house. And I look outside of a window and it was a total meme, guys. It's like going around right now on social media. Guess what he was doing? He was in the backyard on the patio with a blower blowing off the leaves off the back patio. And I was like, we're not going to even be outside. What is he doing? That was his way of preparing to have people over, is doing some yard work. We were in the house making sure that the music was playing and the the house was cozy, and that was his way of preparing for them to come over. So 
we all prepare for things differently, okay? So we're all going to prepare for the arrival of Jesus differently. But the point is, regardless of how we prepare, there is an intentionality that comes with preparation. Preparation is intentional. Preparation takes time and energy and work. And we've got this little moment right here today, in the middle of handing out food boxes and in the middle of getting ready for the holidays and still buying gifts and getting ready for guests to come into your home. We have this moment to prepare our hearts, just like we do at the beginning of every single service. Maybe you're not in here at the beginning of the service, you're still grabbing your coffee or checking your kids in, but every single Sunday, we take time to prepare ourselves for him. So you get a moment today, and I just invite you right now to just say, if I didn't do it before, I'm doing it right now. And just take a moment to prepare your heart for him and all that he has for you today, all that he has for you. But when you prepare your heart for him, will he have room? We have to prepare him room to be in our hearts. So will we prepare our hearts and our minds and our emotions to make room for Jesus to come in and heal us? If we want to be healed, we have to get some junk out. Will we prepare room for him to guide us in our relationships? Typically, that means we have to clear out some stuff. Will we prepare room for him and how we spend our time and our money and the things that we do for entertainment? That might take clearing some things out. I, I, I'm thinking already for the next year, and I just want to tell you that we're, we're planning for January, we're planning for the next year already, and making room for him. Will we, as a church family, make room for him to do whatever he wants to do in our lives, in us, and through us? So um, is anybody preparing to have guests in your home, holiday events? Is anyone preparing to have people come stay with you, family, friends? Yes. Um, you know, it means going grocery shopping ahead of time, maybe preparing a room, a bed, a couch, maybe. And you have to make sure that your guests have the food that they need or that they like. And if they have sensitivities or allergies, it could mean like cluttering, tidying up the clutter around our house and organizing things. And no matter what, though, we're doing, preparation is intentional. I'm just going to say it again and again. It's intentional. And in the Christmas story, there were people who intentionally prepared. So sometimes we've heard about Simeon who said, man, this is so exciting. I got this promise from God that I will not die until I see the Messiah. He was intentionally prepared. He was a righteous and devout man. There was Anna, the prophet, who was 84 years old and she's just waiting, waiting for the king to come in and she gets to see baby Jesus at the temple. She was worshiping and praying and fasting all of her days. That's intentional. She was prepared. The wise men, we heard about the wise men last week. They had to pack up all these things, you know, look at the stars, look at the signs, read all the scrolls, do all the things, gather a whole bunch of people and go find travel to go find the Messiah. It took time. It took preparation. It was intentional. And then there's people in the Christmas story who were a little caught off guard, you know, like Joseph. Joseph was really caught off guard. Um, there's Zachariah. He was really caught off guard. But even though they, they didn't, you know, make all this preparation for what God was going to do, they still made room for him once they found out his will and his plan. 
So when we think of the Christmas story, we might not think of think of John the baptizer or John the Baptist as one of the main characters, but what was his whole life purpose? His whole life purpose was to prepare the way for the Messiah. That was his whole role. And in the olden days, in, the, in, the, in those times, the custom was to, you know, a king was going to be coming. They would send all these servants out ahead and they would take roads and make them passable for the king to go over them. That was John the baptizer's whole purpose. But he wasn't making roads ready for the Messiah. He was making hearts ready for the Messiah. And how did he do that? Through preaching repentance and forgiveness of sins. And the word repentance there in the Greek is a word metanoia, which means a change of mind, a reversal of a decision, or feelings of sorrow, guilt, and unease that follow an action. And it's a guilt that doesn't lead to self-pity or despair. It's a guilt that leads to reformation. It's a guilt that leads to change. And so today, I want to encourage you, again, prepare your hearts for Jesus. Repentance and forgiveness are a way to prepare our hearts for him and to receive him. Now, um, if you guys need Bibles, we're going to quickly read through some scripture here. If you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. Our ushers will bring you one. If you have your phones or your Bibles, let's open them up to Luke 1. Luke 1, and we're going to start in verse 11. Zechariah the priest, which is the father of John the baptizer. And this is a time when an angel visits him. And he's going into the temple. And he is going to be preparing incense, burning incense before the Lord. It was a privilege. And then it says that suddenly he's inside the temple, the holy place, and an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense appeared to him. And Zechariah, visibly shaken when he saw the angel, was seized with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will name him John. Joy and gladness will come to you and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go as a forerunner before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient and to and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared for him part of repentance and part of turning to God involves relationships being healed Part of that is also when we are in chaos and we're operating out of anxiety and we're forgetting to stop, that there is a wisdom that we can turn to at any time, not just to make good moral decisions, but to make decisions that prepare the way for the Lord to work in our lives and the lives of others. So stay in Luke 1 and go down to verse uh, 76. Now, Elizabeth has this baby, John, and uh, they call him John, or they name him John when he's born, and Zachariah, his father, sings this song. 
verse 76. This is the end of it here. And he's, he's saying, um, and you, child, he's speaking to, to John here, you will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's tender mercy, the dawn will break upon us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child kept growing and becoming strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the the day he was received to Israel. So John prepared a way through the preaching of repentance and forgiveness of sins, but his mother and his mother's relative Mary, the mother of Jesus, they prepared for Jesus in a much more tangible way. They prepared through pregnancy. So if you've ever been pregnant, um, you know that there is a literal expansion, even if you've not been pregnant, there's a literal expansion of your body to make room for another life inside of you. And as much as now it's, you know, it's really popular to have pregnancy photos where people just look so beautiful and so gorgeous. And um, I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't really have that, those kinds of photos back when I was bearing children. Um, but it kind of, you know, is this highlight moment. But what you're experiencing when you're pregnant can be much different than those pregnancy glamour photos. You experience nausea. You experience, you know, swelling of, of your feet and your face and your ankles. Um, you get heartburn. I mean, you know, people might not want to hear this from a stage in church, but you get constipation, um, back pain, stretch marks, weight gain. It's super fun, guys. Guys, men, you should all try it. Um, increased estrogen, increased heart size, increased blood flow. Um, Christina, this is for you. Um, release of hormone called relaxin. <laughs> <laughs> which releases ligaments and, and it, it softens things up in your pelvic floor so you can get ready to hold this baby, carry it inside of your body, and so that you can birth this baby. Now, along with all the physical things, there's all the emotions. You get a, a little more emotional when you're pregnant. There's just an intensity to these things. And you can experience great joy and anticipation. Maybe this is like a baby you've prayed for and longed for, and you're just like, I can't wait. But you could be experiencing fear, fear of the unknowns, fear of the future. And I imagine Elizabeth and Mary, on the one hand, they get like these miraculous births, these miraculous conceptions, angels visiting them. And they're like, oh, I'm so favored. Oh, this is going to be so amazing. But both their sons grow up and they die early deaths. That was their purpose. John dies a little bit before Jesus, and Jesus' whole life purpose, John's was to prepare the way. Jesus' whole life led to his death. So processing those emotions is a part of the preparation. And, you know, it's this process of realizing you're not in control. You have to let go of expectations, and it's really good practice because Turns out all of parenthood is releasing expectations and realizing you're not in control. All of it is. So Elizabeth and Mary physically prepared room inside of them. But you know, they both also prepared their hearts. They said yes to the will of God. Even though it involves great favor, great joy, it involves great pain and great sacrifice. 
I sometimes think, you know, when we have the kids up here, what was Jesus like as a two-year-old or a five-year-old? I don't think they had like baby journals back then where you write down all the cute things your kid does. But I imagine Mary and Elizabeth having these moments where they don't want to forget. They don't want to forget that moment. And I don't know if, if somehow Elizabeth knew that uh, John would die early. But, um, and I don't know at what point, like, does Mary realize, whoa, this is, this is how it's going to go down. This is how it's going to end. But they both held room for him in their hearts. So here's the thing. This is not just about the historical arrival of Jesus thousands of years ago. That is a thing that happened. And that's what we celebrate. But like Dan was saying last week, Jesus has come and he's coming for you. He's coming for you today in this moment. There's this quiet little moment where you get to totally be present to whatever God wants to say to you, to whatever he wants to do in you, preparing for, for people to come to your home, preparing to go to family members' house, friends' houses. Let's just be honest, guys. It's kind of crazy. Maybe stirs up some emotions. Okay, maybe there's some things that uh, triggers that need to be healed. And I, all I know is every year in December, Pete and I usually get in a big fight. And typically, there's things with family that play into it. So we need to prepare our hearts. This is a joyous time. It is a joyous season for many. But for a lot of us, we're experiencing things and we're going through things where we're like, okay, God, where are you in this moment, though, with what I'm going through? Everyone else out there might be having a great time, but I'm in pain. And the good news is he's here for you. He's coming for you. Here's the thing. Preparing room in our hearts for Jesus is not like the frantic tidying that, you know, moms do before people are coming over and you're like, put that in that room, shut that door, hurry, hurry, go, go. You know, it's, it's not like that. And it's also not like you're preparing to have someone over that's really fancy and really special and you're setting out all your best things and we got we to gotta look really good and children behave, be on your manners. And um, it's not like that either. Here's the cool thing. Preparation is intentional. It takes work. But all it requires is a yes. All it requires is a willing heart. All it requires is humility to say, I am not God, but you are. I don't have all the answers, but you do. I don't know what I'm doing, but you have a plan and a purpose for my life. Here's the thing. Preparing for Jesus is more like welcoming a new baby into your home. You might be excited. You might be afraid. It might be like welcoming, you know, a child in foster care into your home. There's so many unknowns. You don't know what you're going to experience. You don't know what it's going to be like. Or maybe welcoming an aging relative into your house. You're in it for the long haul. There is no like kid turns 18 and then they go off and you're, you're, you're done. No, you're in it for the long haul. And here's the thing. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how things are going to go. But when you invite the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Counselor, the Wonderful Counselor into your heart, you have everything you need for everything that you're going for. All right. Um, I just want to take a, a, a quick moment here to let God speak to you. So 
actually, if we could put up the prepare or the atmosphere prayer slide, it's really those same questions. The, the questions I want you to just ask God, what do I need to let go of today? to make room for you? What expectations do I need to let go of? What control, what thing am I gripping like this, this situation that is just tormenting me? What do I need to let go of to make room for you? And then asking him, what do I need to receive from you today? Because that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is we give him our worst stuff we give him our worst stuff and he gives us his best. There's always an exchange. You get to turn in your ratty clothes and he gives you royal robes of righteousness. So what is there in your life? What lack is there that only Jesus can fill? And then I want to ask one last thing that's not up on the, the slide there. Um, who do I need to forgive? I mean, I'm making jokes about going into the holidays and being with family and the chaos and all the things, but who do you need to forgive right now before you, you know, go into the new year and you're all about your resolutions and, and, uh, getting past the hustle and bustle of the holidays. Let's take this moment right now and make room for him. Let's prepare him room in our hearts to live, not just today, not just in this moment, but make room for him every day. Um, Pete and I felt like this year there was an underlying message that we wanted to build on, this theme of invitation. So most Sundays when you came in here, there's, you know, a table. The idea was you're invited. You're invited to the table of the king. You're invited to sit with Jesus. You're invited to sit with people you don't like. That's what church really is too. Sometimes it's you're invited to be with people that are different you and they get to shape you to become more like Christ. But there's a seat saved for you. This next year, though, we believe that God is leading us into a time of seeking him, preparing ourselves for him in a new way. We believe that our, our theme, our rallying cry is going to be his kingdom come and his will be done. And a lot of times as Christians, we want his kingdom come and his will be done out there in our city, in our government, in our world. But he comes here first. We have to say, your kingdom come, your will be done in my heart first before I ever, ever, ever ask it for anybody else. All of, in, all of January, we're going to be practicing slowing down to be with God. And we're going to say, God, do whatever you have to do to expand us. Expansion sounds really fun and good maybe, but do whatever you have to do. Let us experience whatever pregnancy symptoms we have to experience so that we can prepare the way. Help us to repent on a daily basis. Help us to ask for forgiveness on a daily basis from God, from others. That is the way we prepare our hearts for him. That is the way we make room for him. That is the thing that you're invited to do right now. And it's the thing you're invited to do every single day. This is the kind of people we want to be where he gets to expand inside of us and take over. We want him to take over. Let's just take a minute and pray. Close your eyes. Do whatever you have to do to get in a posture where you can hear from God.